My Story, an Autobiography of a Homosexual Christian by Derek Michael Shaw. Episode 11, Falling in Love. Well, congratulations. You now have officially made it through the first half of my story. That is the part of the story where I was single. Now, the second half does take a lot more time. We're going to have twice as many episodes, but that's because I'm really going to dig down deep into how I discovered this relationship, why I stayed in it for as long as I did, and eventually how I ended it and what I got out of it, which we should all realize is a lot of important stuff. Along with that, this is really a healing function for myself because by writing out my story, by reprocessing it, by coming to terms with the rights and wrongs of it, I'm able to see it for exactly what it was, which was a relationship with another human being that had positives and negatives and ultimately led me to the place where I'm at now. Along with this, I have an accompanying soundtrack for this half of the podcast. It is actually the songs that meant a lot to myself and Tracy as we went through our dating relationship. You will hear those songs as I read out the rest of my story, and the full playlist will be on my website under the My Story section. And so without further ado, I bring you Chapter 6, 2008. I arrived in Portland on July 7th, 2008, excited about the possibilities of getting to know what I had been missing, namely discovering love, finding a partner, and creating my own family. I was about to turn 28, I had never had a boyfriend, and I was finally away from my family so I didn't have to worry about their reaction or worry about them finding out I was gay. I really felt that I was going to find my soulmate because so far, everything else in my life had pretty much gone according to plan. No major glitches up to this point, although I did have to move back home for a few months right after college before going to Seattle. But even that turned into me going to Delaware and having a very good first job out of college. All in all, I was a beloved son, high school valedictorian, Wheaton College salutatorian, gainfully employed for seven years, taxes paid, great credit, owner of an ITG2 machine, marathon runner, and not too shabby in the looks department. Looking at that list written down, I was a catch. And I had several dates and probably six to eight hookups in the first two months in Portland. I met a guy named Aaron who was in an open relationship with his partner, Todd. I ended up hooking up with both of them at Steam, the gay bathhouse in Portland. And I had fun, but it wasn't what I wanted. It was interesting to see a couple who had been together for 10 years and how they made it work. I hadn't really met too many long-term gay couples at this point, and having that experience reinforced my curiosity with gay bathhouses. This wouldn't be the only time in them. Jonathan emailed me from Japan the day after I settled into my apartment in Portland to ask if he was circumcised, and being the good older brother, I answered his question because as a gay man, I had a very extensive knowledge of the male sex organ. 
I include this here though because it shows that our family really didn't talk about sex much. And I think this played into why my family had such a hard time with me after they were told I was gay. Nobody in the family really wanted to talk about sex, let alone homosexuality. I also looked into buying a house the first few months I was in Portland. I felt that that was the next step to really commit to this new life I was trying to build, a life that could include a partner and family. I quickly determined I couldn't do it on my own, though, so I put that dream on hold. And then I met Tracy. We met on Manhunt, a gay dating hookup site. There were gay bars in Portland, but I was self-conscious about my voice and my desirability, so I mostly just stuck to the internet to find other guys. I was more confident online, and if I could interest a guy in talking with me, I felt they had the potential for more. We chatted on Manhunt at first, exchanged pictures via email soon after. Tracy made a mistake, though, because he left his work signature on the email he sent, and I noticed it right away. He wrote for Pocket Gamer, a website devoted to handheld games. I felt like I had hit the jackpot. A cute young guy, two years younger than me, who was making a living from playing and writing about video games, and he even seemed interested in me. I'd never experienced mutual attraction before, and I was hooked instantly. I mean, who doesn't like to be infatuated? But for me, at age 28, to be experiencing love for the very first time, it was powerful. Most people experience those twitter-pated feelings at age 16 or 21, or hopefully by 27, and they often experience it with more than one person. I had been denying and repressing and waiting for so long that I fell in love very quickly. Much more quickly than I ever admitted to anyone, even myself. Because that's all I ever wanted. Sadly, I went from a secure place to an anxious place, trying to hold on to that attachment. But it's an innate, rational pursuit of humanity. Every human being wants to be loved and accepted. Our first date was actually just a jog around his neighborhood. He lived in inner southeast Portland near Hawthorne and 39th Street, now known as Cesar Chavez Boulevard. I ran down from my apartment, which was located closer to Mall 205, about five miles away. I said I would show up shirtless, since he had sent me a shirtless pic when we had chatted online. But I chickened out at the last second and threw on my shirt as I rang his doorbell. He answered the door shirtless, and we had a good laugh about it. It seemed so comfortable the first time we were together, at least to me. We jogged for a couple of miles, talking and getting to know each other in person. It must have been good for both of us. At the end of the run, we set up a second date. For date number two, we met at a bar on Hawthorne a few days later. We both got drinks, but after a few sips of his, Tracy said he wasn't feeling well, so we went back to his apartment. At first, I thought he was really sick, but then my anxious attachment style kicked in, and I accused him of just faking sick to get out of the date. Of course, he denied it, but he also asked me to leave, which I did. When I got back to my apartment, I realized how accusatory I had been, 
So, in a day or two, I called him again to check if he was feeling better. He said he was. I then apologized for acting the way I did. And he was surprised, but in a good way. And that apology opened the door for future dates. I realize now that this was my first anxious moment with Tracy, on the second date. But we also managed to successfully communicate about it afterwards. I had explained why I said it, really because most guys I met online were fairly non-committal, so you often had a hard time making and keeping plans. And I apologized. Tracy understood why I said what I did, and he accepted my apology. He said my apology made a big difference in continuing to see him. We had some foreplay on the third date. I'm remembering Ben and Jerry's ice cream and a game of truth or dare with him. Both of us lost some clothes. We kissed and touched each other, but nothing more happened. For our fourth date, we had tried to watch a movie, Hitman, but it was one of those times that watching a movie was really a code word for sex. Even my first sexual experience happened with a movie. Remember Goonies? And I truly had sex. I went all the way. I topped him. This signified that I wanted to be in a relationship with him. I used a condom, and it was pretty amazing to have anal sex with a guy I was interested in who was also interested in me. During this time, I was also training for the Portland Marathon, which occurred October 6, 2008. Jonathan and Kendra drove out to see me run the marathon, and then Tracy surprised me by returning early from a work trip. I was extremely happy. My brother, who I was closest to and the only family member who knew I was gay, was meeting the boy who I was infatuated with, and they seemed to get along. It seemed like everything was going according to plan. I now had a boy who liked me, someone who would sacrifice for me since it cost him time and money to change his flight, and I had family approval. Both of those reasons convinced me to take the next step. I worked up the courage to ask him to be exclusive boyfriends on October 17, 2008. I had known him for about two and a half months, but I was so ready for a relationship. It's why I had moved to Portland. A romantic relationship was what I had desired all my life. It was right there in my desire to be a stay-at-home dad when I was in college. That implies that I wanted to be in relationship with someone. Why was I so obsessed with it? Because I could see how happy it made the people around me, my parents, my siblings, my friends, and my coworkers. I wanted what they all had. I wanted to be in love. Infatuation with someone is one of the most thrilling feelings you can have. And we were having it at the same time. Because Tracy said yes. And suddenly, I had a boyfriend. Life seemed so perfect. Soon after entering my relationship, I was off to New Mexico for Trevor and Joni's wedding on November 1st. I got to see my whole family, all three of my brothers, with their wives. My little sister was still single, but it was hard for me to be comfortable. My guy just wasn't there. And boy, that wedding was a lot of work. I guess all of the Shaw boys do take after our parents in that regard. When there is work to be done, we just roll up our sleeves and do it. We generally complain about it, not unlike most families. 
But if you hear us talk about it now, it's a badge of honor. We all experienced it together. Except we weren't all together. I was the only one there who didn't have their partner by their side. This would have been the first chance to show off my new boyfriend to my family. But I wasn't ready, and I knew my family wasn't ready. I was too afraid of making waves, and of ruining Trevor's wedding. It also made me sad because Trevor's wedding got me thinking about the impossibility of that for myself. Gays couldn't really get married in 2008. California even passed Prop 8, which had banned gay marriage. But I was moving on without marriage, because I had found someone to love, and someone who would hopefully love me back. Next time on My Story, the conclusion of Chapter 6, 2008.